2: Hello and welcome to your post match raw on Anfield Index Pro podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Tottenham Hotspur plus Simon Hooper and the corrupt PGMOL to Liverpool one in the Premier League from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium are Dave Hendrick and Carl Matchett. This is, I feel is going to be a long one, Dave, because there are so many fucking incidents to pick out. Uh, I, I've rarely been as angry after a game of football as I am after this one. Sometimes when your team lets you down or you see shit on the field that's avoidable, that can really make your blood boil. But when you see things being taken away from your team in a way that is on its face, unjust, and has so much inadequacy to it in terms of decision-making that they are making themselves look corrupt. That's when the blood begins to boil with me intensely, and I'm not the best of that. I'm not going to get over that in a a quick time, I don't think.
3: Um, At the moment, I'm not quite angry as yet. I I will get there, don't worry. Um, I am feeling very deflated after that one because... I was actually really enjoying watching us be so damn solid defensively, be so resilient in the face of incompetency, corruption. I, I don't know what to call it from Simon Hooper. Like let's be, let's get it out of the way really early. Simon Hooper should not be refereeing in the Premier League. Simon Hooper this season was already stood down. From Premier League action following his incompetency in the Manchester United versus Wolves game, which led to the PGMOL having to issue an apology to Wolves, having cost them a very valuable point at Old Trafford on the first day of the season. So he should not be refereeing in the Premier League. Like, if he could get that wrong, there are no ends to what he can get wrong. With that said, I think I am going to differ from you and maybe from Carol on at least one of the big decisions that we saw today.
2: Well... We'll start taking them apart piece by piece, because as you say, uh, we do need to get into it. There's a lot to get into. And maybe the conversation is best left for that, because if we do go on a sort of ramble here at the start, each of us individually, I can see it not getting started for half an hour. So, Carl, let me bring you in on this again. Uh, Just your initial take. Is it is it is it more Dave level sort of of deflation or are you a a little bit um, on the on the angry side like myself?
4: Um, I'm somewhere in the middle because I don't feel deflated or angry so much as bile at the back of the throat sort of hurt, upset sort of thing at the minute. Um, Because I thought we, we dealt really, really well with that last sort of 25 minutes in terms of our shape. I thought we actually looked more likely, if anything, to do something than they were. And then we were so close, obviously, to at least taking the point which at the moment of the second red i would have taken but as it went on i wouldn't and someone actually messaged me with about 10 for no, maybe five minutes left do you take a point and i said no um i didn't think that they would score at all so at the minute i just feel a bit sick that it happened um decision-wise we'll get there we'll, we'll see how we differ there we're getting
2: reports i don't know if they're anyway substantiated via the very unreliable platform that is twitter i refuse to call the name anything else that there's some reports that the VAR technology may have failed. I don't know how true that is, but do keep an eye on that, guys, if you are monitoring your timelines like I am, and we'll see if that's going to feed into our discussion later on. Um, We're going to try and put aside for a second uh, the the, the very obvious things that are screaming in our brains, and just do our usual, because I do want to talk about the setup going into the game so that we can get a, a proper, balanced discussion about it. And most people were very, very high on this Spurs team. Liverpool today, uh, under Jurgen Klopp, went with Alisson. Gomez retained his right-back role, and I think that was sensible, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to hearing yours. Uh, Matip retained the shirt as well, who I think most of us would like to have seen Ibu against the pacey Spurs attack. Uh, Van Dijk and Roberts on the far side. The uh, midfield was predictable enough in McAllister, Sabasley and Jones. And Salah, Gakpo and Diaz were the choices up top. Again, um, there was some issue apparently around... Darwin Nunez and a bone issue again. Maybe some of you have more clarity around that than I do. But when you do look at our bench and the game changers that are potentially on there, or the heroes that came on to uh, uh, put in shifts, it was lovely to see uh, the likes of Endo doing his bit tonight in a very solid way. Keller is on there as well. Kanate Nunez, Elliot, Shotta, Simicus, Gravenberg and Alexander Arnold. Um, Briefly, Dave, your take on that lineup? Any issues with it in, in your in your mind, or uh, have I kind of touched on um, one or two of the areas there?
3: No, the only the only one I was confused about when I saw the team was Gakpo starting because Darwin had had clearly you know done more than enough to keep the number nine shirt. And I didn't see the team when it first came out because I was watching the United Palace game, and um, so I questioned it on Twitter. I was like, that's just a bit weird. And everybody just came back and said, "Oh, there was you know some some sort of uh, knock that Darwin kind of felt in training, so the decision was made to to leave him out and just have him on the bench." Um, so that that made sense, and everything else kind of made sense because, as myself and Carl touched on on scout, and it was Carl that brought it up, like because Ibu got the injury when he did, he sort of just fell into the rotation for the Europa League in midweek games, right. And Joel, like to, to Joel's credit, Joel was excellent against West Ham. Yeah. So very, very hard to take him out, and and I, I want to say it now so it doesn't get lost. Joel Matip was outstanding today. Tremendous. Joel Matip was absolutely outstanding today. Yeah. So if if anyone is stupid enough to go on social media and criticise him. Th- th- they just need to go for a walk or something because he was outstanding today along with the guy beside him was otherworldly. That is Virgil at his best. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fella behind them was sensational. Those three, Alexis and Dominic, that's what held us together with 10 men, with nine men was that five man block. Because let's be fair, Robbo got eaten alive by Kulisevsky on multiple occasions and couldn't cope with, the Kuliseski-Poro situation down that side. Gomez had a solid enough game, but was at fault for their goal. And Jürgen made a decision not to bring on a third midfielder after the red card. So it was just the two lads in midfield. But as a five, I thought they were incredible. The two boys in midfield, like what a shift. What an yeah. unbelievable shift they put in. Yeah. Alexis could barely walk by the time he was going off. The two boys at centre-back were just brilliant today. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Yeah, and the facts of the match will bear that out as we walk our way through them because, yeah, um, immense performances. um, I think, you know, from the vast majority of those Reds today... uh Carl, as you were thinking about this game with Dave unscouted, you'd have been having a look at how they were going to line up Spurs today, and like I say a lot of people very, very high on this Spurs team um, under Postacoglu. Um there seems to be a real kind of feel-good factor and energy and uh, positivity around them, and the way that they play at the moment as well he decided today to go with Vicario Porro, Romero, Vandeven and Udogi, Basuma, Sar and Madison with Kulisevsky. Son and Richarlison on their bench they had Forster, Emerson, Royale Davies, Phillips, Hyber, Skip Solomon and Veliz and Donnelly and honest to God Carl I don't see uh, as a guy who's not a Spurs watcher how they could have started with anything stronger than that but like I say uh, you might have more insight than that uh, in that kind of thing than I would. What, what did you make of how they went today and were there any surprises from your point of view?
4: No, not really. I think the only one decision they had to make was who their fourth attacker was, let's say. Uh, Madison, Kulosevski, and Son were always going to start. So then it's out of basically Richarlison, uh, Brennan Johnson when he's fit, and Manuel Solomon. So Richarlison getting the nod is you know, fine, not not unexpected. They could have perhaps gone with Solomon for a bit more of a, a direct threat. Then Brennan Johnson's obviously had a bit of a knock. So I don't think there would be any surprises at all. It's the midfield pairing that we focused on quite a lot pre-game. Uh, Basuma and uh, Baphomet uh, and I, I think that they were very, very good in off the ball matters um, when it was, you know, level numbers on the pitch, at the very least. Maybe some some questions over over there on the ball work some some of the time when it was sort of Spurs you know, should have had an advantage. But basically, I think that they did very well. And we saw a little bit more again today of you know, Van de Ven and Romero as a partnership and why they have complemented each other pretty well so far. Yeah.
2: From uh, from uh, the perspective of someone who um, is not um, openly admits to not being as analytical about the game as either of you two gents, I'll just start with you, Carl, and get get a take from Dave as well. What do you think is different about the Pasta setup uh, in terms of how they're doing their business?
4: So the easy way to describe this is everything. <laughs> uh, honestly it's 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 night and day it's so so different i don't just mean the shape obviously the shape is different they've been three four three more or less for what three four years whatever it's been now and he's very very much a 43 one man but one there's real cohesion through the team in terms of off the ball work and the positions and you know we've seen today where people are over and over and over again that they've been doing this since day one with him um he also has a very very clear idea of how to progress the ball through the centre of midfield not just down the wings as they have been for ages um you know the partnerships we spoke about in centre mid and and centre back that block of four is very very important to everything that he does from an offensive perspective because they have to be players who can always be able to recover and be in the right positions there um but the ball progression I think is is excellent that's one of the best things about Postecoglou's teams always has been so whether it is full back into midfield and then out to the wide players or um two players in the centre combining and then there's a third man runner which we saw about four billion times today they're fairly simple things but they are so effective and he gets people knowing what their job is and that's the best thing about Postecoglou. he wants them to play good football but he gets his players to know their roles really really well uh, you can see already like Madison has a really good link up with what, three players at least in that team he works in the channel so well they they commit more players forward than they did they certainly play at a very very much higher tempo of game than they did under Conte or Mourinho or Nuno or any of their 27 interim managers at different campaigns. So it's just, it's like watching a completely different team, to be perfectly honest. And how quickly it's been done is we have to acknowledge very, very impressive.
2: Dave, I want to get a take from you as well and maybe, again, leaning towards the manager take uh, of on things because as Carl has outlined, he seems to be the major change because of the way that he has this team playing now, Ange Postacoglu is 58 years of age and for an awful lot of people, this will be the first time they're even aware of him because people are very Premier League centric um, <clears throat> but the way that people talk about him now is in that bracket with the with the, the the elite managers and you know knowing i i know you've always been fond of this guy can he sit comfortably in there do you think can he maintain this with this team
3: i think so i think so i think there's there's a snobbish opinion around you know football in general of, from of of people whether they be players or managers from countries that perhaps wouldn't normally produce someone of the very highest level. You know, like when we signed Salah, there was people that were trying to disparage him on the great basis that he was Egyptian and whoever came out of Egypt. So, you know, there's, there's, there's always a bit of stupidity and in, in him being, being an Aussie and, and his, his path to Spurs.
2: His path you know, to Spurs is is mad. He's got like what? several uh, Aussie clubs. Then he manages the national team. Then he goes to Yokohama. Then Celtic, where he obviously does great. Mm. But it's it, it's not. Do you know what it's? It's not even Arsene Wenger esque, because uh, like Monaco are a higher profile than Ange's previous club uh, to the to the Japanese one. Uh, uh, although Australian national team credit where it's due, I guess it it is. It's a very very um, uh, atypical route to where he is, and it, he seems to have arrived. I guess is what I'm saying with a calm about him, with a definite way of playing, and it's not just again to touch back on what Carl says that these players have sort of reinvented themselves all of a sudden and got a new manager bounce. It's got to be mostly about him and what he's doing with them.
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats Or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
3: Look, when, when you've been at the very bottom and been through the tall grass the way he has, when you get out into that open plain, you're not going to fear anything. Yeah. This guy has been there and seen it and done it all. And he's had to take a roundabout route. I mean, he started his managerial career in 1996. It's almost thirty years ago he didn't get a big job until twenty twenty one when Celtic gave him a call, and the only reason Celtic went from is because Eddie Howard turned them down, so you know he he doesn't have any worries because he's already been at the bottom and had to work his way up he He's not someone that's walked in, finished a you know a, a highly touted playing career and just been handed the keys somewhere. He didn't get the Gerrard treatment, the Lampard treatment. He had to go and start at the very bottom and work his way up. And that's what he's done. And he's done it exceptionally well. And he's been a success pretty much everywhere, bar that one year at Melbourne victory, which didn't go great. But the guy is the guy is a brilliant manager. He's the best manager I've seen at Celtic in my lifetime. He plays sensational football and Remember, Brendan Rodgers dominated Scotland when he was there. But Ange, there was just something extra special about his team. There was a way of – they had a way of playing that was just more sustainable than the Rodgers way. And a lot of it is just in the simplicity of what he asks them to do. Like, as Carol said, there's nothing really spectacular about what they do. A lot of it comes down to just making the right decision, making the right run, being alert defensively and and not having individual mistakes. And, and what he does is he builds partnerships and he builds understanding. So Carl mentioned it with Madison in the 10 spot. If he's central, he's connected to Sun. He's already got exi- like chemistry built with Sun this season. If he shifts right, then he's interchanging with Kulisewski. They've got chemistry developed already. Same thing when he shifts left. Whether it's Richarlison, whether it's Brandon Johnson, he doesn't have that chemistry yet, but he it, it is working to an extent. The same thing with wingers and fullbacks. Like when Kulasevsky starts wide, Poro knows to make the narrow underlapping run. If Kulasevsky starts to come in field, Poro switches and goes outside. Same thing happens on the other side. The two boys in midfield, Matar, Sarr, and Basuma, they've been outstanding. And those two and Madison have gotten this arrangement together and then the two at the back and there's also a little bit of chemistry between Romero and Matar-Sar that you'll have noticed today because Romero was stepping out a lot and joining the play as a playmaker and getting involved and moving the ball and and trying to make the next move and Matar-Sar was just dropping in not into centre-back but into an area that allowed him to cover centre-back if they turned the ball over there is times when Anja's football is a little bit too open. Like, there can be ricks in the defence. That's just because you, you, they play in aggressive style, because they play so high, because he encourages the centre-backs to pick the ball up. And if there's space, fucking get into it. You Go wouldn't and play see, in you, that space, not this space.
2: You wouldn't see them being able to do what we did today, for example, probably. But there's a no, sophistication not, not to it though, anyway. There really is a sophistication to it. I think both yourself and Carl have have sort of outlined there that you just have to take your hat off. And I think it's important to get that out of the way. These are very, very good fucking side playing very, very good football. Very good players, and they seem to have a very good direction uh, giver there in Postacoglu. And it was important. I I think it's really important we get that. Absolutely stay at the start because we're going to be saying a lot of things as it goes on. It's going to sound like we're moaning because we are moaning because things went against us. But this is a very good team. We would have been doing doing very, very well to beat them in the best of times. And we nearly did in the worst of times. Listen,
3: Trevor, I I would have taken a draw before the game.
2: Yeah, I think
3: think think most people would. I I would have taken a draw the second Curtis got the red card. I would have taken a draw. The second Jota cut the red card, I was praying for a draw. I I don't feel the same as you guys that we were more likely to score because who was going to score unless Dominic was going to shoot from 30 yards and beat Vicario? We didn't have anyone in the box because we we sacrificed all forward players to have a back five and a midfield three. So I felt like we could hold out for the draw. I didn't feel like we were going to go and win the game. But the thing is, when when the the second red card happened, it actually hurt Spurs more than it hurt us because we then had to readjust and become really defensive. And with Pasta Coglu's football, a lot of what you see, some of the patient side-to-side stuff on the edge of the area, it's waiting on that one defender to make a mistake, a little lapse in in, in concentration. Because you see the likes of Son and Richarlison and Kulisevsky and even Poro and and Adoji coming up from fullback, they make these little half runs and then they go back and then they make the run again and then they go back and they're waiting for a defender to bite on it just once. And when they do, they play into that space that the defender's left and they take advantage of it. And in the first half and at times in the second half, they were getting joy from it. Kulisevsky was getting in around behind Robbo on multiple occasions, and they were having joy. When we went to that back five, none of our defenders were leaving their designated zone. They were all in sync, sticking to the task, focused on one thing, which is we're not conceding. We no longer care about scoring. We're just not conceding here. We're getting the Denzel Washington quote, I'm leaving here with something. We were leaving with something. Now, unfortunately, in the end, we didn't. But that was that was the mindset. And they didn't react to it. They didn't have the options off the bench to change no. tact and, and try something different. Like, you listed the subs there. Realistically, I mean, Solomon is a talented player and he, he causes some trouble. But he's a wide player. He's not going to be in the box doing things in the box. Velez, it's his debut today. You're asking a lot of a kid who's just over from Argentina to change the game. And the rest of their subs are either defenders or kids, like Ashley Phillips and and Jamie Donnelly. They're kids. So they didn't have the options off the bench to readjust to our readjustment. So I think that second red card actually hurt them more than it hurt us in their pursuit of a goal
2: it's just painful uh carl isn't it and just to bring it back to getting on track and looking at the 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 details of the game and we always do this traditionally at this point and just we'll have a quick chat about it here it's just painful isn't it, that we weren't given the opportunity to see these two teams go at each other properly because of stupid decisions um I, i think perhaps One of those stupid decisions, like Dave says, he may may well not agree with. But overall, I don't think anyone could argue that there was an awful lot of horrific officiating which went very much against us in terms of being able to keep men on the field and get a result that we needed. And it just feels... That we should do it's it, the whole, the whole um, um, podcast is going to be an extended ref watch. That's just how it is. There's no point in just doing a specific thing here. But just to get a take from you on this before uh, you and I start the game, that's, I think, where you where, where the bile is coming from at the back of your throat is just this disappointment that we, we had a fantastic duel robbed from us by incompetence.
4: Well look, the start of the game was really good and you know, we were we were unbeaten and so were they. It should be a really good matchup and I thought some of the speed of play from both teams, some of the combination work, some of the forwards who were dropping into the um sort of half spaces between defensive and midfield lines were really, really good. First time uh, exchanges between a few of our players really, really nice. It was a fun thing to watch for sort of the first twenty minutes or so. And to be honest, even though they did us a few times in the channels that i thought we were probably a bit better so yeah yeah, i was looking forward to the whole game myself and dave i think we both predicted a a draw for for this match before the match but in that opening spell i thought we were better and in that opening spell i thought even if this does go you know toe-to-toe attacking i think i think we've got a good shot at winning here not just staying unbeaten but winning again and that is obviously always a disappointing thing when when you don't. The manner of it makes it worse. The manner of what came before makes again that worse. So yes, the whole thing piling on top of one another is irritation of the highest order. And you know, can't do anything about it now. Even if they do come back and say, you know, regardless of what we agree or disagree on here, they can't now go back and say, okay, you're right, that was we'll give you the point. That that can't happen now anymore. So whatever happens from this point of the season we're always going to be one point down on what we thought we could have been or what might have been I know other games will happen I know things will go the other way but after having seen us multiple times already this season which in itself is a bit stupid have to get results down to 10 men even after Jones has read, you probably still would have a little bit of confidence to say we can get a result and for that not to be allowed to be the case almost and I'm not going to put all of that on the referee in the slightest. Don't think that I am. That is again, like I say, a real frustration.
2: In the context of Manchester City dropping points, which is a very rare occasion as well. It's doubly frustrating. And let's just get into the game itself. Cause that's going to t- tell the tale of the tape. Uh, Carl, you and I are just going to look at, at the chunk up as far as the sending off, because I know both of you are going to want to have a say on that. Um, two minutes in, we are, we are the ones who create the first opportunity. Mo Salah lays it off to Luis Diaz. His shot is blocked. It goes for a corner from that corner. There's another chance the ball breaks to McAllister, um, from the corner and his left footed volley is not that far wide of the right hand post. Ten minutes in, Richarlison puts over a very dangerous-looking ball uh, after some decent midfield interaction by them. Nice bit of pinging around between them. Releases Richarlison. His cross across the face looks dangerous, but we get away with it. No one there at the back post. Twelve minutes in, an amazing move from us. Ends with a Cody shot and then a Robbo shot. Um, both saved really well by the keeper. Um, from that corner, nothing Arrives, Then we have the odd uh, picture that I, I only got to see once where it looked as if Charleston and Klopp were kind of mouthing at each other. Uh, I'm not really sure what that is, but it wouldn't surprise me. 18 minutes, Dominic plays the lovely ball into Curtis. His shot is blocked a corner on 20. If Cody Gakpo had the pace... He would have been in off a fantastic Joe Gomez through ball, to be fair. Um, If that was Darwin in that situation, he's in on goal. 20 minutes, Mo Salah has a a snapshot over the top. And this is the proof. What I've been saying for the last couple of minutes since I started this is the proof of what you just said, Carl. We have been very, very good. I thought Gomez in particular, I was very, very impressed with him in this opening goings when we were on the front foot. I thought he was particularly good, as were all of the Reds. And then we have, on 24 minutes, the game-defining incident, really, where Curtis goes in for a tackle, he makes contact with the ball, his foot rolls over the circumference of the ball and ends up going over the top of the ball and making contact. It's an initial yellow, but VAR check. Then they send the referee to the monitor. Simon Hooper um, waddles over. To the monitor when he gets there he is treated to the beautiful sight of a freeze frame of what looks like a leg breaker from curtis but of course context in every walk of life is key and if simon hooper had a brain in his head he would have sat there and watched said context in other words the contact with the ball happening on the lower part of the ball and the momentum taking him his foot up and over the top of the ball and said, yeah, it's, it's a bad tackle in the end, but you know, it's not intentional and it can't be a red card. I'm happy with my decision, but, that's not what it looked like. And, you know, when you see him presented in that way, Carl, with that freeze frame for him to walk over to, <laughs> this is why fellas buy tinfoil hats. This is why fellas get, uh, uh, get kind of angsty about, is there, is there, is there some, someone again us in the uh, PGMOL? And Darren England, for the record, is the man who made that call, uh, to send Uh, the referee to the monitor. So uh, the opening 24 minutes, including the sending off and Dave, you and I will skip from that with your take into the next part.
4: Well, do you want to do the skipping right at this moment? I know that's not normal, but we've just had a statement come in and it's okay. Do it, do it please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's PGMOL have released a statement on the, on the Luis Diaz goal. They say they acknowledge a significant human error occurred during the first half of Tuckabee Liverpool the goal by Luis Diaz was—they spelled Luis Diaz's name wrong as well, by the way. Uh, the goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials. This was a clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being awarded through VAR intervention. However, VAR failed to intervene. PGM will, will conduct a full review into the circumstances which led to the error. So, as I was saying beforehand, we'll get that point back, will we? Fucking mm, great! Yeah. Jesus and Christ. Over Jesus to you two Christ. to discuss that one for a minute. Then go ahead uh D- dave we we need to we need to we
2: need to go back and talk about the the sending off but just seeing as 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 carl's thrown out the
3: statement there a reaction to that from you this is a scandal this is a scandal how 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 has there been a human error how can like, it be human error the, fucking artificial intelligence so here's the thing there was the check on the on the offside was near instantaneous We've all seen the image, and it's clear that Luis Diaz is way on the side. Romero's back foot is well deeper, about a foot deeper than any part of Diaz. And the most advanced part of Diaz is his hand, which cannot be counted as offside. So to get to a part of Luis Diaz's body that can be classed as offside, there's probably about two to three feet. Between Romero's foot and that part. It is an absolute scandal. And I said to you before we started, I wonder, did they very quickly draw the lines off Van of by accident and not off Romero? And the fact that they didn't give any of the broadcast partners images to use at half time to clear it up means that they caught it immediately. But how does it go straight back to the referee? Because whether the offsides are automated or not, there's a fella sitting there whose job it is to check these things. So how is he allowed that? I think he said said it was Darren England. We have to history with Darren England over the years.
2: It's Darren England, but they said it was human error, Dave. So it's all of of this is bullshit because they said it's human error. That means it's
3: England. It's as simple as that. It's Darren England. Again. Again. Which I can only assume means that when he went to draw his little lines, he drew them or he, he put them in to draw from Van de Ven rather than from Romero. And it showed Luis Diaz offside. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, what are you doing, though? Like, uh, say it is an error, say he has done that or whatever else that he's done,
4: how do you not be like so concentrated on what is your only one single task yeah, to do at that moment that you don't realize it.
2: You had one job in that situation where you had one job again. This is like I don't want to be the one flogging this fucking dead horse here. Right. But how many of these are we supposed to take on the chin? You know what I mean? How many are we supposed to take in the
4: chin? Because it is getting to By we, you mean football people, football fans of any kind, not just Liverpool here. Mm. Because with this referee, it's it's you know it's not the first time for him, and with all of the referees, it's multiple times for everybody, and it's fucking shit. It is absolutely incompetent every time. Every time. Every time these.
3: It's atrocious. It's genuinely atrocious. But also, I don't know. I don't know how. Like, I I just don't know how that can happen. Uh, There's no excuse other than he's purposely not done his job. Because if he's got a checklist that he has to go through, first of all, it can't take thirty seconds. It has to be longer than that. And secondly. Before he lets the referee know or inputs whatever he needs to input, surely he's just looked at it again and thought, hang on, I've, I've made a mistake here. But
2: do you know what's really interesting here is we're so in the dark about how this shit works. If we were sure that what happens is there's an automated decision and then the guy who's sitting there twiddling the knobs says, yes, I agree with the computer or says, no, I don't agree with the computer. Oh. And that would be one thing, but clearly that's not what fucking happens. Clearly what happens is that there's a call made by a human and that call, I think your take is right, Dave, is inaccurate quite often. And then it's either referred to the referee or it's not for more fun and, and absolute idiocy later on. So look, I, this thing to me, and, and Carl, you're right. It is, it's, it's football in general, but look. Like, I again cover your ears, uh ladies and gentlemen, if you're of the of the snowflake sort of gentle uh twenty twenty-three variety. But what when I see a professional referee in the physical state of that lad waddling over to a machine to be told and looked to be given a a, a picture that is misleading and then making a call because they can't make it upstairs. I I don't know what to think about that.
3: Well, so so the reason so the to be clear, the reason they get the referees to go and check the monitors is because the referees complained in the first season of VAR that they were being made to look bad. Now, every time they go to the monitor, they're overturning a decision. Every yes. single time. Which it's a second me, chance. It's a second chance to, me to make means the right. they're not the ones overturning it. No, it's. They've been told term. it's a clear and obvious. I This is my belief in it, right? They're not told, go and have another look. They're told that's getting overturned. Go and stand by them. Go and stand by.
2: Dave, do the, you, remember the, you remember the Lisbon Treaty, do you?
3: Yeah. Ireland, you didn't vote right. Do it again. Do it come. again. No, because like, in the first year, referees. There was no screen in the first year we had VAR and referees were having temper tantrums that they were being made to look foolish. But now, since the screens are brought in, every time they go to the screen, they overturn the on-field decision. Every time. Which tells me they're not going to, ch- to check again. They're already being told, this is getting overturned. You might as well go and stand there because other- so, so it looks like it's your decision. Now, on this Curtis one, I fully agree with what you're saying in regards to the images that he was showed and the fact that they routinely showed him the slow motion version, which makes it look a lot worse. However, I don't think it's an appalling decision. I, I, the rules of the game say that that's a red card because of where Curtis makes contact with the ball. Curtis makes contact with the top of the ball and his foot rolls over it. The rules of the game say it's a red card. But common fucking sense has to be applied. Referees are there to enforce the rules with common sense. Otherwise, we wouldn't need them. They just wouldn't be there. We'd have a fella sat on the sideline like an umpire at tennis who'd just blow a whistle when it popped up in a screen that there'd been an infringement. So common sense tells you that that's not a red card. Common sense tells you he stretched a little bit for the ball. He's gotten the ball. And unfortunately, his body momentum has just taken him over the ball. And as Basuma makes contact with the ball, Curtis makes contact with him.
2: And just for clarity, when you say he touches the top of the ball first, it's not, it's, it's not like his foot went over the ball and hits the very top of the no, ball. No, no, it's the it's top of the ball on his way. side. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's halfway up
3: the ball, yeah, yeah. It's a bit higher than that, but yeah, it's on his side of the ball. He makes contact on his side of the ball first. Yes. And rolls over it. Roll Unfortunately, over. the the rule of the game is then that there's, there's air between his studs and the ground.
2: Well, between the two decisions,
3: it, it's, it, it's, it's a poor decision. Like it is a poor decision, it, but, it is. but I, I am I am fully convinced that Simon Hooper is actually innocent on this one. Right,
2: Simon Hooper may be innocent on this one because but what's he made on Darren England again. It, it, this is where I'm going with it. Because what's that other twat doing up there? If he can't, what's he even showing it again for? Why is he telling him to go and look at it again? And why is he presenting him first with a picture that looks like a leg breaker? That's my issue here with this. And between that decision and the perfect, and by the way, what a finish that was by Luis Diaz as well to put us ahead with 10 fucking men. That's again, unbelievable stitch up at this stage between those two decisions. Uh, nothing really of note happened between the red and the, uh, the Luis Diaz goal, which we know now was a goal, which we knew then was a goal. Apart from Ali with a very good full length, uh, hold um, from the Madison effort, and uh, would have tip over from a Charlison hit where they were doing a bit of a power play because they had extra man in the field. But on thirty five minutes, they do go ahead, and it is, to be fair. Uh, we get outplayed. It's a Madison through ball. Um, down the left slips in Richarlison. His center is finished at close range in the six yard box by Son, who gets between our center halves. But immediately we still look sharp immediately we still look sharp and i'm going to take the two things here because there's a lot to talk about in this game allow me just to include the the equalizer and um i'll get i'll go back to you carl and and you dave then in that order for your takes from this chunk of the game um so that's us one down and it's you you would imagine heads could go they don't we're still sharp um Joe Gomez was taken out in the box soon after. This is another decision that nobody was talking about. To me, again, there's enough contact there that I've seen a, a penalties given for that this season. Uh, we get a corner as our reward. Uh, McAllister picks up a yellow in 39 minutes. He takes out, He's taking out a doggy who's on the break, and it's a good cynical uh, one to take for the team, in my opinion. On 40 is a loose ball from Ali to Robbo. Uh, he can't control it. They break, and Ali does the business by saving where effort and he actually holds the ball one handed. That's how good this lad is. A late flag allowed them to have as uh, my, my mate prick Charleston have a shot in off the post and, and just wide um, the flag. We know these things, the flag it goes up then afterwards and they get to have the momentum of that. Six minutes are added. Um, and instead of us hanging on, they're hanging on a bit. Udogi has to take out uh, Cody Gakpo on 48 minutes. I think there's an issue there. Um, I think if you watch what happens next, as the free kick is coming in, um, it looks to me like Cody Gakpo's hobbling. I can see him. He's limping. He's he's hobbling a bit. But anyway, on 49, Dominic plays a ball into Virgil at the back post. His nod down. To Cody Gakpo, he takes a touch, he swivels, blasts home, an outrageous finish. Now, like I say, I think he was hobbling in the lead up to that. Then he's down and hurt. He gets Mm.
3: back up again. He he gets hurt in the Adolji clash. Adolji, first of all, that's not a yellow card for Adolji. That shouldn't have been a yellow card. He won the ball and then slid into Cody. Yeah. But given what we'd experienced with the red card, I have no sympathy for him. But unfortunately, when he slides in, he slides on to Cody's foot. And I think Cody's knee turns while his foot is planted. Yeah. Because if you watch in the build up to his goal, he is hobbling really badly.
2: That's what I'm saying. You can see it. You can see yeah. him. He, he's struggling. Um, let me just finish this out. Like I say, Carla, I'll go to you and then back to you, Dave, for your take on, on, the, on the two goals and the various incidents. Because... We don't finish there, Carl. The, the half isn't over there for us. We we, 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 could, go, we could have gone in 2-1 up. There's a glorious through ball by Mo Salah from the left, a kind of a cross through pass. Luis Diaz is coming in on the slide at the back post. He actually gets there in plenty of time, but his connection is not what you'd want it to be. Somehow it goes over or under his foot, and instead of us going in 2-1 and giving the finger to the world, um, it's nil-nil. Uh your thoughts on their goal, our equaliser, and what transpired there? Not that I realise I'm putting a lot in your plate there, Paul.
3: Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable, hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on epl index and follow us there on twitter at epl index thank you bye-bye
4: yeah that's that's a whole match of of most teams uh, seasons to be perfectly honest it is it is
3: um i i was
4: again not you know not happy that we were down to 10 men but i was quite happy with the way that we set about with our playing you know in possession the movement that we had the intent that we still had went down to 10 men i thought was quite good we were still getting decent combinations going even a man down we were still getting a requisite number of people forward into attack so i thought it was quite good again we seem to have not that i want us to to have to utilize it all the time but found a way of playing even if we've got one man short but where that does leave us exposed I think is the defensive side because obviously we've got one fewer person covering and we're still doing an amount of attacking so we did look much more open I think first well, whatever it was 20-25 minutes while well, we did have 11 players I think again seeing Joe Gomez right side and playing really well defensively um, for, for positional work and one-on-ones and still being able to get forward sort of reinforced that value of having the extra defensive person compared to how we have been having the shape previously obviously Um Certainly when you're up against this kind of team, this kind of a you know a quality attacking outfit, the goals, I mean, it, it was kind of always inevitable. They were going to get behind us on occasions, especially as I said, with the the sort of the third man runner that they've had. Sometimes it was a really, really good through ball. And sometimes there are spaces between centre-back and full-back. You can't always defend them, unfortunately. Um, I do think we should have reacted better to Son's movement. He was sort of the wrong side of both of our centre-backs and, obviously very, very quick, so it's hard to get back across them afterwards. Um, but yeah, credit to sort of the same two, the centre backs who didn't necessarily take up perfect positioning for the goal, were both involved at the other end for the equaliser. So I, I, I overall I don't really think that there's anything terrible that we did after the red card before half time. You know, we were fairly positive, we got ourselves back in it. Yeah, it could have been better, but also they could have probably scored another goal or so uh very, very similar to one that they did. So by the break, nervy, maybe a little bit hesitant, but generally speaking, I was all right with what we'd done.
2: Hey, did you did you see anything in the Gomez incident at all? Was it oh, am I am I wishful thinking there? I saw two replays, and the second one looked like there was definite contact, the kind that I've
4: seen uh, awarded oh, no, I, I do think he touched him, but I think he got the ball pretty cleanly first, like like you do. Yeah, that used that used to matter, Carl. It doesn't yeah. seem to Look, I'm not a fan of a free kick being given because someone puts their foot down where you are going to land after you've made a tackle. I think it's stupid. I really do. I think the, the Adogi one, the even the Curtis Jones one, when he starts to make that foot movement to go over the ball and drag it back, Basuma's leg's not there. He 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 shouldn't have to account for where someone is going to step. That's my opinion on it. Uh, the only way I would differentiate that is when you're showing studs because that is endangering someone. And I think that that's probably more than anything else where he's got the red four, but the Adogie one, I don't, I don't even think that's a foul. Never mind a yellow card. I, I just yeah, don't I think, agree with, you know, he's sliding, he's cleared the ball. He can't immediately stop when he's won the ball. That's the thing. There's no
3: common sense. He needs to run,
4: and I, I just don't think that that's. I I don't think that's anything. That's just misfortune, unfortunately. That's part of playing football or sport. And yeah, it it hurt him. And I I don't want that to happen to players. But that's not Odogi's fault. He can't slide in a different direction just in case Gakpo runs. It's just stupid, I think. So I wouldn't give a penalty. I wouldn't have even given a foul uh, or a yellow card for Odogi, personally. I I just don't like that rule in the slightest.
2: Yeah, again, if you, I suppose what I'm saying is I, I agree with you. I agree with both of you in terms of common sense. But if you're going to be um, ab- absent common sense and you're going to make stupid decisions on a regular basis, it would be nice if we got a few of them occasionally. Dave, your take on any of those little incidents before we we start the second half together?
3: Um, the the Diaz thing is a scandal. I can understand the Jones red card by the letter of the law, but again, common sense needs to be applied. The doji Yellow is silly. I don't think it's a penalty at all. I think I think he does get decent contact with his studs, and then he kind of bundles with Curtis, but or with with, with Gomez. I think it's fine. Their goal is well worked. Um but Joe needs to do a lot better. Like you shouldn't be as blind to where Richarlison is. But it's nicely worked, it's a good goal. Diaz should score. That's incredible play by Mo and Diaz should score that. And the Gakpo goal, considering he seemingly had no knee, it's a hell of a strike. Yeah. Like, to swivel on it, it, it the way he did because of where the ball comes to him. Like, if you think of the, the earlier chance he had when Robo got in down the left and, and played it a little bit too far behind him, he does really well to swivel on it and get the left-footed shot away. This time he does really well to swivel and he generates an immense amount of power and gives the keeper no chance. And we went in right, like we deserved to go in level at least. We we should we should have been going in two one up, um, if not three one up, you know, with the Diaz chance. But it, it is a shame that we you mentioned it. We we were robbed what could potentially have been a great game of football if if it had stayed eleven v eleven because it was i i thought it was very very well balanced prior to the red the red card i thought it was really evenly matched two really good teams both wanting to pray, to play front front-footed football we were playing a little bit more on the counter but looking really dangerous they were looking comfortable on their home patch knocking the ball around well i i thought it was shaping up to be an outstanding game of football in the end it was a dramatic game so I'm sure the paymasters at Sky are happy because everybody will have stayed tuned till the last kick of the ball because of the way it worked out. But I think we were robbed of what could have been a great game between two of the best footballing teams in the league. And that that's disappointing from just from a football fan's point of view, um, taking aside the fact that we were robbed of at least a point here uh, by incompetence, corruption, whatever you want to call it
2: we should start the second half you and I because I know you've got something to say about the substitution of uh, Diogo Jota onto the field for Cody Gakpo and I know that what you're saying here is not um, hindsight being twenty twenty or anything to do with, with the maybe silliness of the player later on no, it's just I, like I said to- it at
3: half time I, I, said it, I, said it, I was chatting to some friends at half time I said to my I don't like this change because like I get that We had the man sent off and we shifted to a 4-4-1 and Diaz went left side and Cody went right side. So it was kind of like for like bringing on Jota. But you're playing with 10 men away from home. I feel like you've got to just make yourself that little bit more solid. And I I felt like, you know, we could have brought on Trent on the right. Could have brought on Gravenberch and played him on the right. Could have brought on Endo and moved... Dominic to the right-hand side. I think all of those moves would have made more sense. Like Diogo Jota is really good in and around the penalty area and not very good in other parts of the field. And I don't know what he was going to offer us on the right-hand side of a midfield four with Mo up front that one of those midfielders weren't going to offer us. And I feel like they would have offered a lot more in terms of creativity, whether it was... Dominic moving out there, Trent coming on, or, or Gravenberch coming on, I felt like they would have given us a better balance, a bit more strength defensively, a bit more stable. But Jurgen made the decision he made, and and you know it it's not a, a criticism of him. That's not we didn't lose the game because he brought Diogo Jota on. We didn't even lose the game because Diogo Jota got sent off. You know, like it didn't help. It didn't help, but yeah, we we didn't lose the game directly as a result of that because we played twenty seven minutes with nine men before they scored, so you know. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I just I didn't like the sub. I, I I just thought it was the wrong move at the time because we were playing two midfielders against their three, and we were getting overrun a little bit in the middle of the park towards the end of the first half. We were able to catch them on the counter a few times, but I would just like to see us beef that up and, and just go a little bit stronger in midfield and maybe try to, you know, lure be have that ability to lure them in and have the quality to find Mo or Diaz with Trent or Gravenberch or Dominic playing that pass from the right side midfield role.
2: Yeah, and Mo I thought was particularly. Uh, up for it strong impressive we're going to end you and i this little section with a most solemn moment but let's just walk through the first up until about the 64th minute where where i want to land on it because there's something i want to bounce off you and I'll take it from there with Carl um, to be fair to them they come out with their tails up Madison has a curler brilliantly saved by Ali fantastic save by the kid um, the pressure was caused by a rare misplaced Dominic could pass he does it again uh, two minutes later and we have another glorious Ali save uh, this time from Son uh, it was a half volley, really powerfully struck um and they uh, get a couple of successive corners. So they do come out with their tails up a couple of decent uh, opportunities. Uh, Ali, um, excellent on two occasions in the first five minutes of that second half but we still looked at threat on the counter I thought McAllister and Jota were very good there on the 54th minute both of them holding on to the ball under pressure drawing a foul in the case of Jota um, McAllister turning away from uh, some pr- pressure and looking very strong on the ball in a way that I think some of us were a bit worried he didn't in his opening game or two um, really grown into his role um, even if it's not necessarily his best one. Uh, Sar had a shot, which was um, after a little bit of a break, but Ali held it on 57 minutes. They had the ball in the net, but it was offside on 58. Uh, fantastic bit of defensive work by Joe Gomez, who swept across to get in ahead of Udogi on 59 minutes. Uh, right in the heart of the six yard box another great take by Ali on a cross and you just think well this guy is 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 just it's just so good to have someone as dominant as him and we get to 64 minutes Dave where Mo Salah who had pretty much taken a counter attack on his shoulders and launched it down that uh, right flank lost the ball he was 1v1 with Basuma lost the ball and then won the ball back and was bearing down on goal um and the referee blows the whistle and gives a yellow card to Mo Salah for a foul on Basuma um
3: no on, no hang on let's clear this up he gave him a yellow card for kicking the ball away sorry he gave me yellow card he, he didn't for, book him for the sorry, foul.
2: he gave me yellow card for either mouthing at him or kicking the ball away i'm not sure which it was but the he he blew the whistle for a foul by mo salah on basuma yeah
3: and a, foul, then, a foul that didn't exist and, and like, then
2: mo, mo, mo reacts like any one of us would react. What the fuck are you talking about? You imbecile. And yeah, maybe it's his, it is, his, his gesture of kicking the ball away or the fact that he, he articulates that because we know referees don't like to be spoken to anymore. One way or the other, he gets a yellow card, which is just an insult, but that is not a foul. and Our player is bearing down fucking goal. That's one of the most atrocious decisions I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, it's a shocker. It's a shocker of a decision. I mean, there's there's maybe a very minimal amount of contact between Mo's hand and Basuma's arm, but it's look, as soon as Basuma gets the ball, it becomes clear what Basuma's gonna try and do. He's just going to try and go to the ground and win a free kick to ease any little bit of pressure and kill any little b- bit of momentum that we have. <clears throat> That's his only aim there. He has no intention of passing the ball to somebody else. Of trying to get around Mo and progressed up the field. He is literally just trying to win a free kick. And that fucking twat buys it. And obviously Mo reacts as most of us would and boots the ball. And then the referee books him. And it's like, I, I, again, I get that the rule says if a player kicks the ball away, they have to be booked. But, The player's kicking the ball away because you've made a mistake here. Like, you've made a mistake again in this match. That is not a foul anywhere else. If that happens in midfield, and it has happened in midfield, because you've allowed it to happen in midfield to both Dominic and Alexis on different occasions in this game. There was at one point Alexis was hauled to the ground and had to try and scoop the ball away because Hooper hadn't bothered to call the free kick. It, it's just, it's staggering incompetence. It really in con- is staggering incompetence.
2: In the context of years, and I do mean years, of Mo Salah literally wearing defender skin suits yeah, as he's molested to the ground repeatedly and getting nothing because he happens to be the, one of the strongest pound-for-pound pound footballers in the world it's just added context to this awfulness. It really, really is. I'm sorry, but yet again, it's the timing of that. He's bearing down on goal. We have a chance to score. We score there. They're fucked.
3: That's yes. it's it. game over.
2: It's game over. They're mentally shot. And by the way, we might have finished them and, and, and Big Ange and all the rest of it for quite a while. And might the, this wheels might have come right off because you could see that was their problem as the game was going on. They didn't really quite believe it in the way that... If it's the roles are reversed, I believe our lads with the power play score two or three. So it's 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 a massive moment, Carl. I'm going to come back to you for, I think maybe the rest of the game because honestly, it's it, it's just almost torture from here on in in a, in a good way because. You couldn't be anything but proud for them. Actually, look, we're going to have to talk about the Jada thing here. Uh, we'll start you and I with that because after the wonderful sight of Joel Matip doing a back heel and flapping his arms around in 67 minutes, which made me laugh, uh, in the face of tension. In that same moment, Diogo Jada gets a yellow card, uh, now, Dave and I were talking about this just before you joined us, uh, and I was saying it looks like the lad has tripped himself up, and Dave reckons it was minimal contact. Um, it's certainly, uh, I don't think, a yellow card offence, regardless of the extent of the contact. It's given nonetheless. And then Manor Solomon comes on for Son, and on 68 minutes, Jota is sliding in recklessly, and he picks up a yellow card now earlier on dave talked about common sense and how back in the glorious days of the past where referees seemed to have functional brains common sense would be a thing and in this situation i know it's controversial i know we're all annoyed with diogo jota and he's a silly silly boy and i'm you know i'm hacked off with him for doing something daft like sliding in when you're on a yellow literally this the next minute but you can appreciate some sometimes a lad's head goes or whatever Is there there any reasonable uh, uh, opportunity to hope that maybe a little bit of common sense would have been applied there and he he would have taken him away to one side and said, you know, lad, that you're so close to walking. Anything at all now, you're gone. You know, do you know what I mean by the
4: common sense approach there? I, I, I do know, I do know, but one, obviously, that's a forlorn hope when we've had a, a woeful absence of any sense, let alone common sense for the previous sort of 70 minutes or whatever it was. So that was yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. Secondly, I have to say no, because that wasn't a trip or something like that. That was a bit of a wild lunge tackle and he got nowhere near it. So I think that that was a, a yellow card. My issue there is much more with Jota than the referee for that second, um, red card, but. <sighs> no no, no. I, I wouldn't even say that it, it matters therefore about the first yellow card I know it matters because without the first yellow card you don't get the second yellow card but that's on Jota that's that's on the player you know we've had a whole bunch of them what I will say though and, and correct me if I'm wrong here wasn't it Udogi who Jota either tripped or didn't trip for the first one yeah yeah and, he, and he's immediately waving for a yellow card yeah that's supposed to be a yellow card
3: Indeed. Yeah. indeed here's the thing right so I agree with both of you. Trev, you're absolutely spot on. In the, in the good old days with the football that we all grew up watching, the referee goes over, he grabs a hold of Jota, he marches him three yards away, and he bollocks him. And he says, look, you're on a yellow. That's another yellow. But because you've just gotten one, I'm going to let it go. But the next time you even sneeze in the direction of an opponent, you're gone. And he puts him on that last warning and makes it clear to him no more. But Carl is right. I mean it it's it's absolutely it's a stupid, stupid lunge, swing, whatever the fuck. It's just it's brainless. It's a complete brain fart. Because you've just been booked. Now, as as the the first yellow card. The doji cuts across Jota's path, and Jota's knee clips a doji's heel. It's completely accidental. He doesn't mean to make contact with a doji, but he does. So it's a foul. But it's not a yellow card. Like, the referee has made the mistake in the first instance by not applying common sense when he could have applied common sense. And because he hasn't applied it in the first instance, and because it's the modern game now, Where if he doesn't give that second yellow, he knows he's going to be lambasted from all angles. He has to give it because he's backed himself into that corner. Now, it doesn't help that half the Spurs team start pointing and shouting and a doji's waving a card and Basuma's throwing his arms up in the air. Because there's a split second where it doesn't look like he's going to give a yellow card. And then he sees all of this around himself and he thinks, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to give me a yellow card here. There you go, son. Now you're off. It's just, it's stupid from Diogo. It really is stupid from Diogo. But the common sense failure is on the first one. Because what we're talking about in terms of the referee taking the guy aside, they've kind of taken it out of the game where referees are there to manage the game. Now they're almost there to be like prefects or something, to be tattletales. Like, they're like professional grasses. They're like that cyclone fella that got me kicked off Twitter the last <laughs> time. Do you know? Like, this, like that's not, that wasn't a dirty game that we witnessed. There wasn't one tackle where you thought, ooh, well, that's a bit spicy. And yet, somehow this fella found a straight red card and 12 yellow cards. Now, I know a lot of it was for time-wasting, but we were in that situation where teams started time-wasting – because of decisions that you made, because of cards that you showed, because of failures of your officiating team, whether it's the Diaz goal, the Jones red card, whatever it is, and obviously the, the, the two yellow cards for Jota were there because of you and your team. That's why we're starting to time waste a little bit. And because we're time wasting, they're getting frustrated and they they start acting out a little bit. And then obviously they score and then they try and time waste a bit. So two of their lads get yellow cards. It's just, it's a, it's a farce. The game descends into absolute farce here, but Diogo, look, he's going to be devastated because he's going to know he let the team down today, but the common sense failure is on that first yellow card. If the ref just blows the whistle, gives a free kick and we move on, and then Jota does the silly lunge in and gets the yellow card. That's probably the end of it. He probably doesn't make another stupid tackle after that. But because he gives him the first yellow card, it creates the circumstance around the second one that means he's off. And now we're down to nine men. And and Simon Hooper, I really, really, really fucking hope you get an ungodly rectal itch. Like, about two knuckles deep. And I hope that Darren England gets one as well, but I hope it's in his japside. site. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where they're going to get is they're going to get a week in the championship and Liverpool are going to get a full week to think about how we should be top of the league. That's the bullshit as a result of the absolute incompetence of these gimps. And on 72 minutes, Carl, just to see the game out, Dave, we'll be back to you for your wrap up thoughts in a sec. Uh, me and Carl will see the game out. And we'll finish them with Carl's thoughts. Um 72 minutes, we bring on Endo, Ibu, and Trent for Joe Gomez, Luis Diaz, and Mo. And I think you and I share a common uh, uh, feeling about this section of the match because although we're sort of a little bit under pressure, I honestly, because it's this team, it's Klopp, the nine men thing felt like such a horrible extra adversity. I was honestly thinking, we might nick this here. Now, my take, and I think Guy was saying the same before the mics went live in our chat. I was hoping he'd leave Mo on because Mo had them on strings. And Mo was a kind of lad who can win a game on his own. And he was several times against one or two of their defenders. And he had them scared shitless. So I can see what he was doing with the subs because all of those guys who came on have more of an eye on... um Well, we're down to nine men now, so we can't really have any forwards. But well, I also love the idea of maybe nicking it. Even as it worked out, Carl, we could have possibly because there was a couple of chances carved out where we could possibly have scored. That we we worked the corner in seventy four minutes really well. Virgil heads it over. Um, we bring on Gravenberch in seventy nine uh, for McAllister, who's absolutely dead on his feet and has put in a serious shift. How he didn't pick up a second yellow as well, I don't know. Incredible discipline. The the anti Jota, if you will. Um, they bring on Davis and Skip for. Nudogi and on 86 minutes, Robbo's up in the uh, attacking left-hand side, uh, creating carnage versus Romero and Porro. Um Basuma picks up a yellow uh, on, on 87, and we get a free in on the right-hand side on 88 minutes, but unfortunately, with all the big lads on, we managed to get nothing from it. Romero then gets a yellow on 89 for stopping a break. They bring in Hoiberg and Basuma at that stage with a minute to go. Uh, Trent, I thought, did really well in this period as well. Just a good bit of uh, retention, ball retention. Six minutes were added, which was less, I think, than most of us were expecting. Ali does a pretty decent punch on on 91 minutes. And Rick Carlison has a back post header saved by the same man on 92.
0: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
2: We did really well in this period. I thought, Carl, just generally just we we didn't look like we were going to uh, um, collapse uh, some piece of Dominic uh, Sabozi control and, and, and drawing a free kick in 94 minutes where you're just up clapping the television. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't a B. And their last pretty much attack of the game in the 95th minute. They get a goal in the most fortunate of circumstances. It's a cross in from the right hand side. Joel is coming sweeping across from left to right to the near post. Gets his foot to it, but the angle of his foot, unfortunately, is towards his own goal and it goes sweeping into the roof of the net. It is beyond heartbreaking, Carl. Um in so many different ways. Not what this team deserved. With nine, with 10 or with 11, based on the performance and effort level, I was incredibly proud of these guys, I have to say. And I thought, you know, the manager did most things right as well. And I just it was just a, such a sickener because it would have been one of the rare points in my time as a football supporter where I would have celebrated Cause it always feels a bit hollow to me celebrating a point, even if it's a last minute equalizer, but this one you'd have been up on your feet because the effort was monumental from our lads and they simply did not deserve that. I think from that last chunk of the match you want to focus on and is there blame to be portioned in, in any way there at the end where we, we do get sucker punched right at the death. Could we possibly do we Did you think we lost discipline a little bit just when
4: it mattered most? Uh, I mean, like, I, I don't want to be saying it's the only reason, but the goal comes from Trent gambling and not getting the ball and not being able to do anything at all. He looked like, miles off it, let's be honest. Um, <clears throat> way, way short of sharpness or, or fitness or whatever you want to call it. Uh, he, he sort of runs out and tries to intercept a pass, which is into midfield, and he's nowhere near it. And it's like two quick exchanges, and they're behind him, and suddenly we're tilted. And then it goes switch of play left to right and that's where the cross comes from so it's not because of Trent that the goal happens but that's where the opening comes from that's where they basically had the only overload on us where they were able to run players into space um you know it's a cross it's an attempted clearance it's a you know swipe off the outside of the boot whatever happens and it goes top in sometimes that's just that's football you know and as much as it was sickening for us that is let's be honest why we love sport because these things can happen in the most last gasp moments of anything at all even if it doesn't look like it was going to beforehand it just it can sometimes so it's heartbreaking like you say and, and deflating like they've said at the start and makes you feel a bit sick like I said at the start and it makes you think feel of all these things but that's what it is isn't it that, that's that's the football we've been on both sides of it so many times beforehand and we've taken all the late wins and we love them so you can't just exclude everything just because of red cards feeling the stuff of football is why it is so good so yeah there's always stuff you can do to do to defend against it one more time but it doesn't take away from the effort that was put in it doesn't take away from I agree with you the, the right decisions from the coach and staff all the way through with the exception of bringing Jota on for the same reasons that they've mentioned the lack of mostly anything outside the penalty box to be perfectly honest um I think we were good I think we were really good I think like I said at the start we we looked better slightly better in a good game when it was 11v11 and I think we did as much as we possibly could have given the circumstances of the game playing out as they did so I don't hate this defeat even though I do very very much hate the manner of it
2: entirely fair uh, assessment in my opinion I'll be back to you for your final thoughts and and any wrap ups and all that kind of thing uh, in a minute Carl and Dave let's get your final uh, thoughts now I mean It's almost impossible to summarize because there are far too many things, but just what are the things that are jumping out to the front of your mind at this stage of having picked the game apart off? And I don't know how you feel, but after the the 70, 80, 90 minutes of Raw, I'm often feeling different than I did at the start. What what stage are you at now?
3: No, I'm still feeling deflated, to be honest, because, and, and this is probably just me, I'm probably alone in this. I was really enjoying the game, even with all the adversity. Even with the two red cards, the gold disallowed, I was, I was nearly hoping we'd have another one sent off so they could pile more on top of us. Because what we were watching was Van Dyke at his best, Matt at his best, Allison looking unbeatable, Dominic and Alexis just outstanding in midfield. And I was watching those five and I was thinking, these lads are not letting us lose here today. They're not going to let us lose this. We might not win it. I don't really mind. I'd have been happy with a point. I was I was perversely enjoying watching the mountain of bad decisions being made against us. Have no effect in terms of helping Spurs win the game.
2: I don't think you're on your own at all there. I was exactly the same. Exactly.
3: The same. And I, and I thought you know what if we get a when we get a draw here because I was convinced we were going to I was like, it's going to feel like a win. It's going to feel like a win because every, pretty much every big decision in the game went against us. The only one, and it wasn't even a big decision, is the Adoji yellow card. Other than that, I can't think of anything that really went against Spurs. And and that's not a criticism of Spurs. I'm not having a shot at them. They fully deserved a point or something out of the game or whatever. I don't care. It, It just like I had it. In my head, this was great. This is this is the type of hardship that really galvanizes a team and gives them a sense of real belief. And we got it at Newcastle, and we showed, to, to use a Brendanism, real character. And we were doing it again here. And I was watching this team and how locked in they were and how they were all working for each other. And every last player including Jota, put in a shift, ran themselves as far into the ground as they could possibly get. Even if the outcome wasn't always good, there was no questioning the effort levels, the determination, the mentality. And I was thinking, this is going to feel like a win. A draw here is going to feel like a win. It's going to put teams on notice. Like with nine men, we've gone to Spurs and gotten a really good point. And unfortunately, like, if there's any small criticism on the goal, Carl's right. There's actually, just two bits. One is to Trent, who didn't play well and, and probably should not have been brought on in truth. Like, I, I get that Gomez was, was out on his feet, but bringing on Trent seemed like a mistake. He, like, there was one moment when, when uh, Solomon ran at him and Trent just stopped. For for some reason, whether Solomon fented to go inside and then went outside, I don't know. They didn't show a replay. But he just looked way off it. But uh, Robbo needs to get out and do more to try and block that cross. Now, it, again, it's a small criticism. It's a very small criticism. I'd like to see him just do a bit more to get out. But you can't criticise the guy because he's just played 70 minutes as part of 10 men He's just put in a shift. He's been chasing Kulisevsky and Poro all game long. So I'm not going to hammer him for it. In other circumstances, you'd just like to see him get out and try and block that cross. But Matip is exhausted. He swings a leg at it. The cross is is vicious, to be fair to Poro, and it flies into the top corner. And that's just what it is. And it's devastating to lose a game when you've put that much into it. You could see it in our players like they were they were dead on their feet but they still tried to get themselves up like they still got together after that goal and tried to lift their heads again and then obviously spurs wasted what was left of the game smartly smartly on their part and that was it um i thought we got big performances today i thought there's a lot of positives to take from today in terms of the defensive strength the stability how much better we look with a back four as opposed to a back three. The two boys in midfield again, like again, seeing Virgil getting back to what looks like the real Virgil is huge. Uh, Ali proving that, you know, there is maybe a look where he doesn't look like he's been chiseled from the gods that haircut and and non beard, but like maybe two days of stubble look, not quite, like that, he just looked like a fella today. He played, <laughs> he played like uh, like an alien, but he just looked like a normal man today. You could, you you didn't feel intimidated looking at him today. But um, it's just yeah, like fair play to Spurs. You know, ha- enjoy your three points. It, it's great to see them having a good start to the season, because I I want to do Ange, I want to see Ange do well. I, I'm invested in Pastor Coglu doing well, largely because I spent. A month on Twitter arguing with Spurs fans who were saying that it was a, a poor appointment, and unfortunately, I've now lost that account, so I can't go back and laugh at them all. But, um, yeah, like it, it if there, look, if there was a weekend to lose, it was going to be this one because City also lost, so we haven't lost any ground, so you, we can take a little bit of solace from that. Um, we just have to go again next weekend, and and we're now going to be shorthanded because we'll have no Curtis. Because I, I, I don't think that one will be overturned. Three games. Yeah, I think it's going to be three games. We're not going to have Jota next weekend. We're probably not going to have Cody next weekend. If that injury is anything like joint related, it's probably a couple of weeks of rest. So we may hope that Darwin is back and then we're going to have to run them from three boys into the ground. Like Harvey's probably going to have to play some front three minutes. Doak's going to probably be on the bench next weekend. It, it just is what it is. We're just going to have to get through it. But look, it, we can be very proud of the, of those lads that played today because they absolutely gave everything for the shirt. And that's not something we could say at most points of last season. It so feels, that's nice. It is
2: nice, and it feels as if it's a little... It just feels extra um, painful to have the wonderful run of results that we've been on, the envy of <clears throat> almost all clubs, uh, taken away in a way which is, you know, clearly and utterly, and according to PGMOL themselves, um, uh, unfairly, and it's just... It's, it's particularly sickening. But I think, you know, maybe when the dust settles a bit, obviously the point would have been, as you say, um, very, very um, invigorating. <clears throat> but there's a sort of... Potential, uh, empty and all as they fucking are. Mm. Moral, moral victory to be taken somewhere. They, them lads are going to go away, and 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 Klopp, being the man he is, is going to be incredibly proud of them and and telling them that. Um, so and that's hopefully, the thing.
0: i
3: I'm like, look, we we've gotten we've gotten the statement from the PGMOL, so we know that we're not here just talking shit. No. And I think there's going to be quite a lot of discourse around this game and that refereeing performance. And I would be stunned if that referee is refereeing a Premier League game next weekend.
2: He won't Stunt. be, but like, like I said, that's his punishment, is one week in the championship. Yeah, that's Whereas the our, our punishment is not to be fucking uh, sitting, but at least a point off city if not top of the league. That's the sickening thing about it. Anyway, Dave, it's going to be a big week. Like you said, you're going to have plenty to be chatting about. I am. I,
3: I would just like to give a quick shout out to your friend and mine, uh, Henry Hank Winter. Oh, uh,
2: brilliant. brilliant. Uh, What's Hank got?
3: Adorned in a Union Jack flag. Wearing Union Jack underpants. England shirt, undoubtedly under his suit. Tweeted out, that's a red. Curtis Jones can't argue. VAR intervention. Serious foul play. Over the top on Basuma. Challenge shown on the big screen. Club's doing it more, but Stokes' anger confirmed why Jones had to go. Like, succinct, one-eyed Bellendry, from our friend Hank who can have himself a nice long fuck off. Um he's wonderful, isn't he? He's it just didn't so confirm wo- anything of the sort. Confirm nothing. No, it didn't he, did, he also didn't go over the top. It's not serious foul play. It's probably dangerous play because his studs go into the uh, whatever. But just Henry went to just he just did just in case carl ever ends up working for the times i won't say what i was going to say but um <laughs> um yeah just just go away henry go go far away and and you know you, you know do you know what do you know what henry winter definitely goes round to his mom's house on like a wednesday to pick up his wash even though he's 60 years of age and you know she's ironed his boxers with lots of starch i'd say <laughs> so, she so ir- the union jack does increase they're all union jack boxers by the way every pair <laughs> he has Henry Winter,
2: Henry Winter has a, a, a crease ironed down the centre of his jeans as well. You know it. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Uh, what's what's coming up from you during the week?
3: i uh, have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it should have a full week this week. So the two dailies every week. There'll be a couple of scouted with Carl. And um, I'll try and find some time for something else. There's a few other bits and bobs I want to get through. Um, I'm hoping that Ali Thompson will have me on 11 pieces of me. At some point soon, because I want to go through my all time Ireland 11 because uh, I've been feeling quite patriotic of late for tremendous. Look, I don't know why. I assume it's because the Rugby World Cup is going on, but that'll help. help. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I'll I'll be busy. We'll be busy.
2: As ever, as ever, Dave will be busy. Carl, your last thoughts, uh, wrap up thoughts,
4: any uh, observations at all? Keep it brief or as long as you want. Yeah, well, I can tell you what I won't be doing this week, and that's a certain application form. Um, <laughs> um, <look. laughs> Wait, oops. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the 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 point about the rotation and options we won't have this week is probably a good one, considering obviously we're going back into to Europe would be maybe less of an issue if it was a League Cup game, because that's where you. Priorities start to be taken, but we probably do want to get the home games done and dusted in Europe because then we'll pretty much be there, won't we? So we probably want to go a little bit stronger. Now, maybe two or three of the options of that quite strong second team are not necessarily going to be there. Or if they are, then they're not going to be available for uh, Brightoners at the following weekend. So, yeah, yeah a, a, a few juggling things to do now, which, you know, you're going to have to do during the season. So it's not the end of the world in that regard. Um, someone we didn't really speak about necessarily as much as we would have done by the quality of his performance today. I thought it was Salah. I just think like the the runs, the touch, the direction changes, just everything he did was just unbelievable today. I honestly can't even remember if we mentioned his pass to Diaz, which should have been a goal and Diaz did, sort of yeah. just touched wide. It was, oh, he, I thought he was phenomenal. I thought he was absolutely brilliant, despite ultimately not actually doing anything which mattered anything anywhere. So um, just thought that he deserved a, a mention as well as whichever commentator it was said he looks particularly fit and full of running despite being 31 years of age. You can fuck off. Um, wow. Some of us are older than that and we don't like hearing that sort of thing these days. <laughs> uh,
3: so, some of us are a lot older than that. And, and by some of us, I mean all three of us. Are a lot older than that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think, to be honest, when we came into the season, if you'd have said, 16 points after seven games. Mm. I think we'd have all taken that, to be honest, because there was quite a bit of uncertainty. And even after the first two matches, definitely I think we would have still taken it. So not the defeat or the manner of the defeat or the moment of the defeat that we'd have wanted for the first one, but it had to happen obviously at some point. And I, I think over the long haul of the season, I still fancy us to be you know, better than Tottenham. And, and I think we were better than Tottenham for large stretches today, as I've said. So I'm not going to be... You know, woe is us or anything too much Um, the the goal disallowed and no points back after it is is an absolute ridiculous situation obviously but it isn't going to change and as for the referee he's already been demoted by one so if they play by their own rules uh, second red cards people get banned for longer games so maybe maybe Mr Hooper and Co will be two weeks in the championship
2: You'd like to think that might be an option, Um, you will no doubt be a very busy boy during the week as well, tell us about what's coming up from you
4: uh, I'll be on the same scouted podcast, obviously, as Dave. I will no doubt have to uh, write something on this fixture uh, when the head clears a little bit some point, maybe Monday. Um, I will probably also do something on uh, Spanish football for, for post-weekend if I get the opportunity. And also, nobody else seems to care about this, but I thought it was great. Not for obviously the team and the people I'm going to be talking about, but uh, Cheltenham today have gone just past the 1,000 minutes of football this season and they still don't have a player in their squad who has scored a goal. That's um, fantastic. <laughs> just, <laughs> shit, <laughs> I, got, I thought it was great. I've been, waiting for this, I've been waiting for this day for like three weeks now and they just cannot score it. So uh, I, I will ruin it all because I doubt people will go and read it, but I did write about it. Uh, they have one goal this season in uh, 10 league games and two cup games. So past the 1,000 minutes all told today. One goal scored. That was an own goal from somebody else in an irrelevant cup match. They lost 4 1 in anyway. Uh, if they, they are already the record holders now for, uh, no goals scored in consecutive league games from the start of the season. And if they don't score next time out, then they will match the all time football league record of, uh, any consecutive games of not scoring goals. What a crap start to the season for Chelsea. <laughs>
3: That's a shocker. <laughs> That's a shocker. I, I got, I got actual, I, I got real devastation actually. Um, with the result in the uh inverness caledonian thistle <laughs> match today, yeah, as, as big, Big Duncan Ferguson uh, managed to win his first game as Inverness-Caledonian-Thistle manager, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, <laughs> Big Duncan is, is someone I knock great fun out of, but he's actually won a game today, which matches his entire win total in his time at Forest Green. But interestingly, Louis Longstaff, Former Liverpool player, former Liverpool Academy graduate, uh, scored in that goal. So good for good for Longstaff to get himself a goal. Twenty-two years of age now, starting to try and make a career for himself with um, with Inverness. So the best of luck to him.
2: And those last two contributions are exactly why you listen to this show, because even in the depths of despair, look at the lads digging up enjoyable stats uh, just for your... pretty
4: fucking far for those teeth, two today.
2: <laughs> digging right in. Uh,
4: tremendous
3: stuff. So, so, I assume then we're all watching the Cheltenham Fleetwood game on Tuesday oh, night.
4: <laughs> I am now. I I <laughs> Fleetwood obviously now, uh, might as well carry on with this, hey? Fleetwood are the team who are directly above Cheltenham in League One, so even if they beat them they can't overtake them but they will at least claw back some ground on the 23rd place team (laughs) the only point Cheltenham have got this season because they've been beaten nine times and got one 0-0 draw
3: um, the 0-0 was against Portsmouth who were top of the league (laughs) (laughs) I love the lower leagues they're just they're mental they're absolutely mental
2: but not as mental, sadly, as the refereeing body that dedicated itself to fucking our day up. We were uh, very, very, very stressed out as we started. But thanks to the lads there, we've ended on a little bit of a giggle. Hopefully you will have done the same if you're listening to us. That was Carl Matchett and Dave Hendrick. We had producer Guy Drinkle. I've been Trev Denny and the PGMOL PGML can G T F O T be quite honest with you because i just can't deal with them anymore but we have to deal with them and the ongoing drama lies ahead of us hopefully we're going to see the reds return to wins and as ever raw will be there to walk you through it so we'll talk to you soon
1: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show